everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. I'm your host, Celine Chenoy. Thank you to all of you who return every week to tune in to become a better version of yourself. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already, and rate our show if you enjoyed this episode. Life is far from equal, and the evidence for that is endless. But one bias many of us struggle to accept, let alone talk about, is pretty privilege. It suggests that conventionally attractive people benefit in many areas of life because of their looks. So in a world that remains highly fixated on outward appearances, how can we nurture our sense of self-worth and play to our strengths despite the unfair advantages better-looking people often have? To tackle these issues, I invited fellow podcasters, Sami Dandachi and Tariq Abu Chakra from the Anything and Everything podcast and Marine Munir from Karak with Marine on the show. Join us for this exciting and uplifting discussion. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I am so excited to talk about a topic that is very close to my heart. And the whole movement about women's empowerment has been something that I've done a deep dive into pretty much my whole life because it's very personal to me. I faced a lot of body image issues growing up and I know what it feels like to go through that pressure and that scrutiny that a lot of women and men go through because of this toxic trend. And I actually wrote a book about it called Beauty Redefined. And today I wanted to bring it up again and do it in this format as a panel discussion because I feel that unfortunately things haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. I feel like we're becoming increasingly more appearance focused as a society. And that's pretty evident in what we see on social media. You know, they are visual platforms, but there's just a lot of emphasis on how how people look with all the selfies, the Instagram models. And there's also been a rise in plastic surgery procedures. And because of that, I feel that it's having an impact on people's self-esteem and their ability to function as a human being, Mm -hmm. and especially for the younger generations. So I really wanted to bring this to the table and discuss about this and look at it from different angles and especially focus on solutions and what we can do because of this. So I want to start our discussion by asking each of you, when you think of the term pretty privilege, what comes to mind? Who wants to go first? I mean, I can go first. Okay. So when I think of pretty privilege, what comes to mind is that people who are conventionally attractive generally Mm -hmm. have their life easier than people who aren't. So it would be along the lines of if someone is conventionally attractive and they have the same skill set, for example, as someone who isn't, and they're applying for the same job, they're much more likely to be the one who gets the job. In the same sense, in social circles, if you're conventionally attractive, especially if you're younger, generally you're going to be the more popular person Mm -hmm. among the social circles. So when I think of pretty privilege, I think of the fact that attractive people go through life without experiencing the same hardships as people who aren't as attractive. Yeah, well said. 
And I just want to say that it's not that this is something new because humans are visual creatures, right? We are wired to um, make a judgment about people based on what we see. Yeah. That's just how we are. It's always been there since the beginning of time. So I, I just think that it, you, we have to find ways, coping mechanisms and ways to check ourselves to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just not, I just want to say that we're not denying that this phenomenon exists because just, that's just how we're built. Right. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think like psychologically, we're just meant to like, um, look into certain features of people and judge them based on that. Like, that's just how we, like, those are the biases that are within us. And so when we look at people and we, um, believe that they're, they have a good personality just because of the fact that they have good looks or that they may be a nice person because they look pretty, even though there's so many, it can lead to certain toxic behaviors. It can lead to certain toxic phenomenon, like, but that's how we're wired. So as you said, it, where do we find the limit where it doesn't go out of hand, where we mm -hmm. acknowledge the fact that it exists and it will continue to exist, but where do we draw the line, you know? So exactly. that's just something to think about. I, I can see that totally. And I think you're touching on the point that at a, to a certain extent, beauty in, is a bit primal. It's a, it's a, It's quite primal. And perhaps we might get into how we define beauty as well yeah. in this discussion. And on your point, taking it, it's been, it's gone to a certain extent to an extreme, perhaps with social media. And, and we talk about social media and the impacts on people's, uh, you know, beliefs and, and how we judge others. But it's, it's created, as you said, we judge based on senses ultimately. Mm -hmm. And with social media, perhaps there's a narrowing of the features that we can, you know, value and, yeah. and critique and, and just, you know, look at, mm, and therefore yeah. the extreme is on these small things that they're just, they're very confined. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll get into that a bit more. Yeah. I think the whole idea of what's considered beautiful is becoming more defined and more narrow because of yeah, globalization. Exactly. Like they call this the Kardashian effect. <laughs> so like they yeah. basically set the bar for what's beautiful. beautiful. Oh, if <laughs> Kim is, uh, you lost some weight, then we should all lose some weight. Or if she's contouring her cheek in a certain way, we should all be doing that as well. So um, I know culture plays a part also in how we uh, distinguish what's beautiful and what's not uh, based on where a person is from. So uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. How do you think culture impacts our perception of beauty? Uh, there's There's a huge impact. Like if you look at the... Korean beauty, mm. uh, uh, like what they, what their standards of beauty are like the K-pop idols. Mm. And then you compare them with, for example, um, people that are famous in the U S or people that are famous in India, you can find very different features that those cultures find attractive. Like for example, in Korea, an attractive man would be very feminine, very feminine looking. They also wear makeup, very, very thin, that kind of person. But then in the US, an attractive man would have a very strong jawline. They'd be pretty muscular, um, very intense features. So you could see that there's a certain standard of beauty that differs across cultures. And I guess it's the way it, it, it happens to be the way their idols are. So the people mm -hmm. who they idolize are the ones that set the standards yeah. of beauty. So mm -hmm. it would 
probably depend on that. So yeah, I, I'm looking across like for the Arab world, for example, what I've seen in, in our circles around what they define beauty as, for example, when a man is looking to get married, the question that comes up, I've, I've seen very often now is, would you like, or does a man want a girl that's blonde and blue eyes? It's really? Like, Really, it's, oh. it's, it's it's so you're telling me how it's kind of like a market actually earlier. Yeah, so, it's so like a market. Describe that. Uh, <laughs> and and we came up. What's with What's the word you use? The Amazonification. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to take too much credit for it. I'm sure it's been doing the rounds before uh, with others, but to a certain extent, it's almost like you are like checking out a basket, mm. and people are. I've seen this firsthand. They're being sent images mm. of women for potential candidates. And it's it's normal. It's completely normal in the Arab world that yeah, people are, are sharing images and, and judging based on pure appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's become it's even a in business, the Asian it's culture, an actual right? business. Like it's the matchmaking business. Yeah. <clears throat> it's in Pakistan, India, it's very yeah. common for people to be sharing data. What are they called? Bio data. Bio data. Yeah. Of, where of, they talk of about your children. the skin color. Exactly. Mm. And yeah. they like write down, so these are the features of my son and these are the requirements we have of the daughter. That's so yeah. wild. Which includes being fair skin. Yeah. And so like, I think culture definitely plays a role in beauty standards for sure. There's no yeah. doubt about it, but there's lots of things, lots of features that are considered beauty across the world. Like it's kind of been homogenized. It's across the world That's mm-hmm. because of globalization, because of social media, like in in Pakistan, we know that people love fair skin. Like that is considered mm-hmm. beautiful. No matter what your features are, as long as you're white or you're fair, that automatically. I uh, think that's in a lot of it's Exactly. Countries. It's not just in Pakistan. Yeah. And I think that's. In India and China. Southeast um, Asia. Yeah. Southeast mm-hmm. Asia. It's, 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 yeah. That's it's why people across. are carrying umbrellas. And my mom used to tell me, don't spend too much time on the sun. You're going to get it. To ten, yeah, <laughs> I've heard that growing Same. up. Yeah. So, but it's weird because in Lebanon it's the opposite. Like women and men want to get as tanned as possible because that's what's isn't considered that wild. Attractive. But <laughs> is it because we were talking about this? Like in Lebanon, are people generally uh, fairer? A bit more fair. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. even in the West, for example, they like getting <clears throat> tanned. Yeah, so but even I, I consider myself pretty dark. I, I like getting tanned, tanned, and I feel like that's kind of the culture that I grew up in. Yeah. Whereas in, in Southeast Asia, like even moisturizer creams have whitening yeah. so that they lighten mm. the skin. Yeah, the ty- yeah. the all these surgeries, all these treatments they've done. Like first it was just like those creams and then now fair people and are lovely. Get, fair and lovely. And yeah. now what are, what, Which is now glow and lovely yeah, because, because it just did not sound mm. right to yeah, people. people started yeah, talking fair, about fair it. is a weird word. My wife is, is she's, she's white. So she was in Thailand. She lived in Thailand for work a bit. And she was kind of complaining because she does want to get more tanned, but she could not find any creams or lotions that didn't have whitening in them. So she's kind of like, she, she couldn't get like beauty products that didn't have whitening. So she felt like the, she felt the effect of that first. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's going to unbelievable proportions because now people are getting treatments done. And we were talking about like injections and all these weird things to, to, to be whiter. And initially people thought it's because of colonization, like in, in Pakistan, Mm -hmm. India, that obviously the, uh, even among the black community, I believe they have this uh, thing called colorism. So where lighter skin people Mm -hmm. and darker skin people like kind of discriminate exactly against each other. So 
Yeah. yeah. But, but to your point, I think there's still also a standard of beauty that's global. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And especially with the advent of social media, things have become a lot more aesthetic because back mm-hmm. in the day, you didn't really have still imagery. Yeah. So when you yeah, meet like a person, still. you have to interact with yeah. them and know who they are, which really affects how attractive you see them as well, because personality affects your perception. Yeah. However, with the social media, all you see is a picture. Yeah. And it just yeah. becomes about the aesthetics. The, the, the thing is, just to add to that, I watched the movie Napoleon yesterday. Mm. And, and this might not be maybe an entirely historical fact, but it might make sense. Is that in the movie, they showed him meeting a potential wife mm-hmm. who, who's, who's the daughter of, I think, the Austrian king or prince. And they, they said, oh, your portrait looks so good. So perhaps even back then, that's all they had that's all they to look at people. Mm-hmm. When they're miles and thousands of miles apart. So it's not something entirely that's social media driven. It, it might be just based but on. But I think what he's trying to say is it's more in our face now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Like th- to that point, it's true that uh, people would base beauty also on like paintings and art of, the, of that yeah. time. Like I know that in India in the past, they considered women beautiful based on what mm. the Hindu goddesses would look like, wow. like the pa- arts okay. of the Hindu goddesses. So. I think like thin waist, but big hips. Okay. And uh, so whatever the shape or whatever the art would mm. depict, however the goddess would look like, that's that was considered beautiful. Okay, wow. So it's true that even during that time, yeah. this picture thing existed. Um, but as yeah. you said, yeah. now it's just but, more prevalent. But can you can you feel for those people that imagine after a portrait, you say, can you do that one again? <laughs> I, I don't like how I look. You can take one. like a thousand selfies now and pick the yeah. best one. Yeah. So, so portrait, you only get one Filters shot. and all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Can, so we'll have to feel for them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is, what was considered beautiful, what is considered beautiful, that has evolved over time. It's not been a static mm-hmm. standard. Exactly. It's been different even within like, this, the past hundred years, every decade, what's considered beautiful has changed. Right. Or like in the sixties, being a voluptuous woman mm. was considered desirable. Yeah. yeah. And then in the seventies, yeah. it's like super skinny. Mm. So how do you keep up? It's just, uh, I think it's important for people to keep in mind that it's not a static standard. It's mm. going to change over time. So it's important to create your own standards. Exactly. You know? Like, why would you kind of put your self-worth on something that's temporary, exactly. on something that's constantly changing? And I don't blame women for doing that. It's like, it's just society. It's mm. it's how it's, it's created. But um, this is something that everyone needs to think more about, that you're actually basing your entire self-worth mm on how you look, which is going to change no matter what you do. Like it's Mm -hmm. out of your control. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and not just that you are going to change, but also society's perception of beauty is going to constantly change. So it's like these two elements are just always changing. So Mm -hmm. the thing that you can control is like your personality, your knowledge, the way you talk, the way you communicate. Um, and of course, the way you present yourself, you can change mm-hmm. that as well. But there's also bias um, in the workplace. I, you know, I've read a lot of stats and studies that more attractive people get higher salaries or they're more yeah. prone to get raises yeah. and things like that. So yeah. what do you guys think about that? Like why? Like it is happening. Yeah, there are studies that prove it, actually. Yeah, yeah. even for men, the man's height impacts yeah. his income level. But you can't change that as much. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and so their again, earning capacity yeah. as well. What do you all think about that when you 
I mean, to a certain extent as well, we can only imagine, uh, yeah. at, at least for myself as a man. And it's just looking at it from a different viewpoint entirely. Look, seeing a very comparative rat race that, mm. as you were saying, is, is constantly changing, evolving, must be, you know, quite hectic. And and thinking that, as you were saying, it's not your internal thing. You're, you're re- relying on external gratification. Exactly. That either I join the game, kind of like, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. But you just have to join the game. Otherwise, you're missing out. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a good point. I think humans are very, very emotional people. As much as we like to think that our decisions are rational, they're based on emotions. And attractive <coughs> people evoke certain emotions in others that are positive, mm. which is why the response that they get in the workplace is a more positive one than someone who's less attractive. Mm. So unfortunately, just because of the way the human condition is mm. and how yeah. emotional we mm. are, mm-hmm. it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to separate and rationalize our decisions. So we get biases. And the problem is that would overshadow their competence and their skill set. What if there's a candidate who's lesser mm. attractive and has more, yeah. who's more capable, capable of doing the job? Yeah. Yeah. There's I something mean, for, you know, all of you who are in HR or your company owners employing people, it's something to keep in mind to watch out for that bias. For sure. But yeah. if, if we want to be realistic, we have to work with the way the world is. In an ideal world, it wouldn't matter, right? Like if it shouldn't matter whether or not you're attractive, it depends on how skilled you are at the job that you're going to get hired to do. But that's just not the way the world works because of how human beings make decisions. That's just the way that I see it. So you have to kind of like what Sammy yeah, said. We have but we to- do also have a critical faculty, yeah. which can work very well if we mm. exercise it. You know, we can, I'm not saying we're going to completely override the emotions, but mm. it can keep us in check if we remember yeah. that, hey, I, I can feel this bias. You have to in. keep it top of mind. Keep it on top, yeah. top of yeah. mind yeah, is exactly. what I'm saying. So yeah. that but other, that's very other difficult people to don't do. lose out in the process. It's not their fault that they didn't win the genetic lottery. Yeah. You know what I mean, saying? I don't it's think like, it's that bad to the point where people who are less attractive I've don't find jobs. Mm. I've seen it, I have seen mm. it happen in a company I worked for. It was blatant. Okay. It was because oh. of the color of her skin. Okay. And, and the industry okay. does differ, right? It depends on the industry heavily, right? Um, it's It might be in some industries not so apparent, but in others, the small margin mm. changes your entire you know course. Yeah. Um, and your career. So, and, and your point is more like labeling that bias, like the halo. Ultimately, we know we're the aware of that. Th- there's, a, there's a nice heuristic by a writer that he says, well, when you're trying to judge two people of relatively equal, you know, capabilities, pick the person that doesn't, is not that much attractive because they had to work harder yeah. to reach that exactly. point, to be at the, you know, stage of being assessed. Uh, so that's yeah, kind of how reading. we need to think about it a little bit. But so do the opposite of what what your what your inversion, what yeah, you would yeah, want to do in a way, because we know we have the halo, right? We among other biases. Yeah, yeah, of course, we're full of biases, whether we like it or not. It's <laughs> yeah. just the way we are. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's just how you manage them. I think like the the thing about you can either have a victim mentality where you're like, oh, I'm not as beautiful. So Mm. I'm never going to, you know, be in that position. You you can either have that or you could try to present yourself, uh, try to work with what you can work with. Like, of course, there are some things you cannot control, but instead of focusing so much on that, you Mm. focus on the rest. And like society is the way it is, like there are certain things that you just cannot change. Right. So that, as you were saying, like humans are just conditioned to be that way. So yeah. And you, Coco Chanel once said, there's no such thing as an ugly woman. Just 
mm. a lazy woman. So <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so if you put in a little effort and make the best of what you have, I, I think, think I agree with that. That's what you should yeah, do. Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah, what actually. you should do. Don't just sit on your couch, eat ice, a tub of ice cream, and say, "Woe is me, a victim yeah. mentality." Do yeah. something yeah. about it. Yeah. Go work out. Eat healthy. There's so many resources out 100%. there. 100%. I personally don't support, I know I might get into trouble for this, but plus size models and like women who are a bit obese. I know that's a trend now, kind of putting them on a pedestal and saying, hey, fat is beautiful. But I'm like, no, it's not. I don't think so because it's unhealthy. You're going to get some sort of health complications uh, later down the line. Now you're young, but later on, it's going to be a problem. I think uh, Victorian era England would disagree with you. I'm coming from a health standpoint <laughs> yeah. here and I'm just, I'm just not for that trend. No, I, I agree. Think it's unhealthy it's anyway. Like, it's unhealthy. Yeah, I'm not obese. saying be skinny size zero. No, I'm not. Just don't be unhealthy fat. I agree. I, you I know? Can't, yeah, you yeah. can't disagree with. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's also unhealthy. Like being mm. too skinny. Oh, yeah, that's sure. not what we're going for. for sure. Unless you are naturally a slim person. Yeah. And, and so. it's putting the beauty slightly suspended on the side, more objective, right? In yes. terms of yeah, your overall health. Yeah. Yeah. So what what I'm curious about is if if someone grows up in a vacuum where they don't see any other human beings and not even themselves in a mirror. So you're in a room and you grow up and then you're like 19 or 20 years old. And then you're given images of humans and told to rate their attractiveness. How would you do it? Like, I'm trying to think if you don't have the environment affecting your view of conventional attractiveness. That's very interesting. What does a human really find Sounds attractive? Sounds like an unethical experiment, but very unethical. <laughs> very unethical. And, and I think it, it may rely on two or if maybe three things. And the two I can think about are either genetics, that you have a genetic, like if somebody's Asian versus Arab versus white, they might think that someone that like their parent, if you're going Freudian, mm. you might say that, oh, well, that woman looks like my mom, even though I've never seen my mom. But, you know, I have that genetic predisposition. That's true. It could there be. are studies so that show that. we tend to go for partners who look we a little look bit like, like our yeah. parents. Yeah. The, the, the daughter, the father, the, the son, the mother. Yeah. So that's, the there's genetics and there's the primal sense of beauty definition that we can't really define. Yeah. That you, you just know beauty without even saying what it is about them that's beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of like animals. <laughs> like in, in the animal kingdom, there are, uh, for example, in elephants that have the bigger tusks, they're the ones that are deemed more beautiful. Mm. And it's just an instinctual thing. I think with all them. animals, they have, they have, they have the best, uh, this feature yeah. that, yeah. yeah. There's an instinct. So I wonder what the human one is and if we're actually like the, because in the evolution of beauty mm-hmm. and you see how, different people find different people attractive. Is there actually an objective beauty that isn't defined by what we're fed the whole time? Yeah. I mean, there's this instinctual part and then there's a social part where what we're fed by society and media. Mm-hmm. Are they the same thing? I don't I think, think they're, they're the same thing. They're definitely not the same they're thing. Not I the think same. They're, they're, they're not the same. I think there can be certain things that, of course, they, there's a blend. But then yes. you, I think a lot of our perception so far has been influenced by what we see, by society, mm. by social media. So we're, 
us ourselves are not even able to identify what I we know. would consider beautiful. Okay. One feature though that people talk a lot about is symmetry. Right. Like having yeah. a symmetrical face is generally considered beautiful regardless of mm. culture, country. Yeah, that's why there's a rise in uh, cosmetic surgery for the face. For people the face. do all kinds of things. I mean, of course, nose jobs is the most Correct. popular one, but they chisel their jaw. Their jaw, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget what it's called, but they do something here with their cheeks to make mm. it more prominent. Mm. Um, a lot of celebrities are doing it. And I think that's why they've mm. removed the stigma from mm. doing such procedures True. and people can do it now. They feel comfortable doing it and even admitting that they, they had it mm. done. And a lot of, like, especially in the Middle East, I see a lot of women getting Botox, mm. like <laughs> Botox and lip their fillers, lips, fillers, lip yeah. fillers. It's very common now. It's not, they're not ashamed, even if it's mm. really strikingly obvious. Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, here's a question. So we're saying that it might be a mix of primal and, you know, social media, societal driven. Where do we think the the standard from the social media or society, where does it come from? How do they come up with, we're thinking this is the standard that we think you should be, you should find attractive. So do they, on the one hand, is it completely kind of fresh, new, or they actually understand to a certain extent our primal view mm -hmm. and they're building on it. Because they know this is your layer, so that's how, that's how I'm going to exploit it, perhaps. That's a very interesting question. I think, like, for the longest time, beauty was, like, for example, when we talk about India, Pakistan, uh, when after mm -hmm. they were colonized, the beauty became what the colonizers looked like because, uh, you know, okay. they were they were the powerful ones, they were the elite ones, so obviously they're beautiful as well. So I that played a role in that sense. I think the Western side of the mm -hmm. world plays a huge role in determining that as well. One, also because of Hollywood, like movies in general. Like Bollywood mm -hmm. was created as a copy of Hollywood. It's Bombay and Hollywood. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think the West plays a huge role in this um, for lots of reasons. One was when we talk about colonizers and then Hollywood yeah. movies, media. But where does changing. it... That's changing now. That's with changing, the increase, but the focus on slowly. diversity. I think it's, it's good. We're mm -hmm. heading in the right direction in that front. Yeah. <laughs> but on, on your point, so I've, I've done a bit of research about sort of standards and, and okay. how they've set standards for something like uh, women empowerment. The first time women started smoking cigarettes was done by a marketing genius who had lessons from Freud. And he designed the whole, you know, sort of process with, with Freud's elements in mind because they, the tobacco industry wanted to tap into mm. women's, you know, women smokers. Uh -huh. Women weren't smokers. It was, yeah. I think the 50s or 60s, I'm getting correctly, it was the Marlboro Man kind of, you know, you give your husband a cigarette and so on. Yeah. And, and using the, the knowledge of Freud to tap into and design a propaganda or a media agenda pushed women to smoke. So that's how they yeah. tapped into the psychology at the time. Yeah. So, so I think it's, it's both of you are saying this, I think it comes down to the same thing. Whoever the elite or the influencers that the people look up to yeah. are what define conventional attractiveness. And media is basically, they feed us who we need to look up to. Yeah. And then those images are what we consume mm -hmm. and find attractive. Yeah. Which is probably why, like you said, um, people who are colonized by the British want to become fairer. Yeah. And it's because they viewed them as the elite back then. So they yeah. felt like having dark skin was keeping them behind in society. Yeah. So from an evolutionary evolutionary perspective, 
you want to be lighter so that you look more like them so that you have more chance of being like them. I know in colonial, uh, in, in America, if there were like fairer workers, like among the black community who used to work in the field, they were allowed to enter the, their master's house. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they had, they were favored in other words, Mm. or they were spared from like a really Mm. bad punishment Uh, or they were given better food, better housing. Mm. So I think that also, I mean, it 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 does matter. It does matter in those situations. Yeah. So a lot of it is social, like our perception of, of beauty, but how, like you mentioned the point early on about how you kind of have to overcome that, especially I think as a woman more than, I can't relate, but I feel like as a woman, you'd have to, in some ways, not tie yourself to how beautiful you are and try to, how do you overcome that? Because you mentioned how important it is for people to kind of overcome that so that they don't let it consume them and make it their entire personality. I think that's the biggest challenge. I think that we... Like as women, you place your worth on how you look, on how beautiful you are. And then men, they place their worth on how much they earn, their job, their occupation. That's how it's always been. Like, Because women didn't work earlier on. So it was more, more so how they look, their appearance and things like that. So, and I think eliminating that mindset is, is very hard to do. And instead... What I think is that you don't need to eliminate that. What you can do is kind of use it for to your advantage. Like what some people say is that, you know, if if you think you are beautiful or even like the, the value of a woman, the the power that a woman has is, is their beauty. It's true. It's one of their assets. It's not just their asset. It's one of their assets. It's their beauty. So what you can do is, use that in your favor in, in certain ways. So make yourself look presentable, make yourself look good, make yourself, um, don't go crazy, but just make yourself look presentable, but just ensure that that's not the only asset you're working on. Exactly. Like your career, work on your skill set, your creativity, your personality, become a good person. I think that doesn't exactly answer his question. Like, I don't know how you can shift the mindset where you're not just focusing on one asset on your beauty. The issue is if you are, you're totally, your identity is tied to your looks. Mm. Your looks, your physical appearance is a depreciating asset. You're going to get old. I'm sorry to say. I saw this interview that Oprah did with like some actresses Mm. who were really beautiful in their youth. And now they're older. They're in their 60s, 70s. And Mm. they talked about how they wish they did things differently, that they actually developed other aspects of themselves and not make it all about their appearance because they were feeling really down after they were they're like, we'd walk in a room and people no longer looked at us. Yeah. Well, and that felt horrible. So I think it's important to um, kind of develop other areas of your life, your career, your interests, your passions, and make that um, an integral part of your identity as well, because that is a good investment of your time, your energy, because that can only grow. So someone like someone who's addicted to social media and who wants to take the best picture of themselves to post it on Instagram and wait for the likes and wait for someone to give them compliments. Yes. How could they, how could they get past that and do what you're saying and try to focus on themselves and growing other aspects or areas? First of all, don't spend so much time on social media, get out there, do something, help other people, 
make use of your life. There are so many people who could use help and look at your skill set. How can I make a difference in people's lives? And maybe it could be even your sibling. You don't have to go all Mother Teresa. Just help your sibling with their homework. Just do something. Stop being so self-focused, self-centered. It's also your friendships, right? Your Your friendships. Have a good community. Like have... Mm. So, but, but it's not a case of obviously just the, you know the women needing you know control or you know acting differently. On on our side as men, we need to also change the perception that you just want or want friends that are pretty as well, right? Because we're we're living in harmony. Mm-hmm. Every everything that a man does affects a woman and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's tough to be, and it's very hard to understand the formula, right? But all our actions affect each other, mm-hmm. and then we're together. So that the vicious cycle is built together and it, it's removed together or altered together. Um, so we have a responsibility as well. Right. You know, I also want to talk about dating because I want to understand, I know men like pretty girls, but we do. you do. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that play a role in your assessment of a woman's potential as a partner? I know you're married, Tariq, but like, just let's imagine that you're not. Yeah, I mean, I still find women attractive, even though I'm married. You do, yeah. It doesn't stop. So I know you can speak for yourself, but if you could talk about like your experience and Mm -hmm. perhaps your friends, like how does beauty play a role in your judgment of their... It's definitely there, honestly. And it's with time and with maturity, hopefully, is that I'm more judging of a person's character because it's about your values. I think it should be, at least my opinion, it should be about your values and... As you were saying, you want to work on your personality. You want to work on, like, can you have a conversation with someone? Yes, if if you if I'm dating a girl or I marry a girl that's very beautiful, it's it's good in the moment, short term. But long term, can I carry a conversation? There's a scene in Pulp Fiction which I really like is between Uma, Thur- Uma Thurman and John Travolta. They're like, you really know a person when you can like kind of shut the fuck up around them, and you it's not awkward. It's not. Awkward. So once you reach that, I think you kind of. You realize that regardless of how they look, mm. I know this is a bit woo-woo, but the beauty is beyond the visual because yeah. there's energy to people together, right? Yeah. So when it, yeah, I, I definitely agree. When it comes to dating, I think the the initial thing always that's gonna that you're gonna see is how they look. But and there's are, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah that, I that's do the same normal. when I'm looking at Men. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, we all do it. It's exactly. completely, it's well, completely normal. normal. Between men and women. So but we're both visual, but who has an edge or who focuses on the visual more? I think men, men do because men do. women, yeah. they're yeah. more concerned about his financial stability. Occupations. Yeah. yeah. His character. Will he be a good father? Yeah. 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 Less, but they're they're still visual, yeah. but probably less they're visual. I think they're more visual than they used to be because now we're educated. We yeah. Most of us are working, so we can be a little bit more picky in that department. Mm -hmm. But the thing is what I find the most attractive is someone's personality, wit, humor, uh, ability to carry a good conversation. That makes someone way more attractive or someone way less attractive than what I initially perceived them as. But that's not what I see. For instance, Jeff Bezos, he left his wife and he went for this really extremely attractive woman who's Mm -hmm. a journalist also. And I can't help but thinking, but the reason why he went for her is completely because of her. Superficial. Superficial and her sexual attractiveness as well. You know, she's got that, you know, those big lips. Mm. And so, and in fact, there are studies that show that a man's income, there's a high correlation between the man's income and the attractiveness of his wife or his girlfriend. We see it all the time. What are your thoughts on that is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) 
That it's a, it's a, I think it depends on the man. I think yeah. someone who is not as confident or secure about themselves wants to convey outwardly that they can find or, or secure the most attractive mate. Yeah. And ultimately one of our main instincts is the sexual instinct, right? Like we want to reproduce. So someone who's perceived as very sexually attractive makes their mate just by transition also be very attractive because they were able to secure them. So I think someone like Jeff Bezos can, so he does, just because of how selfish he is and how he's not as concerned about having to sit down and have a conversation with his wife, but instead wants a trophy wife that he can. It's kind of what Leonardo DiCaprio does as well. So he, he has a certain age cutoff yeah. where women but over 25. Men like that. I mean, is it a certain type? Is, does it say something about the man? Yeah. About his depth, about what's important mm-hmm. to him? To a certain extent, I think it's also a bit primal, is that there is a sort of correlation in our mind that young is more beautiful, yes. you know, right? Because it's just, a bit, again, visual. Mm-hmm. It's purely visual. And, and there's a sense about, you know, uh, a bit crude, but, you know, ripeness of, you know, being able to bear children. The younger you are, if you marry younger, you'll have more children. So maybe that's where the, the pure primal side is. I can have a bigger family if I marry a girl, if I'm 40 and she's 20. Oh, I can have 10 kids. What about ego? I also think ego is involved. I, think, I know you were alluding to that. Yeah, definitely. Getting arm candy and having... I think a big part of... For, for, some, for some men, it's just an ego driven, thing. I think, right? It's, yeah. it's more showing off. Rather and than, she's like an accessory. See what I got. Like, yeah. 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 It stops becoming about having a genuine connection with a person. And I feel like people like Jeff Bezos lose a lot of what makes a human human because of how they live their life. Jeff Bezos is like unfathomably rich and has yeah, anything he's third he wants. He's man, I believe. Third yeah, he, I don't know if he still is. Yeah. Somewhere, either him or Elon Musk, or yes. I don't know who else is a contender. I, Elon, Elon he, is first, but anyway, yeah. So They all have a B, so... A B? At the billion. I mean, once again. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what? what doesn't a matter B? anymore. <laughs> yeah. So 100 I, I don't, billion. 100 billion. It's, what's it up? <laughs> too much money. It's too much money. It's a lot of money. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, in terms of deep down, whether or not they're a happy person or does it even make a difference in terms of their happiness? Like, is Jeff Bezos really missing something to really want to go after women like the one he's currently yeah. with? Or is it just the way he is? I, I really don't know if it's... Yeah. See, what bothers but, me about that is that people like him who are front and center and doing this, how are people like regular people going to perceive, perceive that? Yeah. yeah. So there's a reaction. You're telling me looks don't matter, but see, like, look, yeah. look. Look what, what I, the kind of woman he's going for. I think like Jeff Bezos is not the only example because like there's lots. You see this a I, yeah. lot. This is commonplace yeah. now for rich guys to be going after like these trophy um, correct girls. And and I think this is also what's perpetuating the beauty standard because then women are like, oh, I don't need to work on anything else because I'm beautiful. I can get this guy. So that makes it even harder for women to realize that yeah. they should be working on their other yeah. assets, like their other competencies. Only fans. You, you know about OnlyFans, Yeah, exactly. Right? I was, I was going to mention that, like, it's just one thing is using your beauty to, you know, to get mm-hmm. it, you know, to get ahead in life. Yeah. But then monetizing it. But then point. monetizing it. Yeah, they're making good money. Extreme. A lot of these OnlyFans, yeah. yeah. 
And like, and again, there are so many consumers who consume that type of content, which again, makes it harder for the women to eventually realize that what they're doing is perpetuating the beauty standard is, um, adding is making beauty the only asset of a woman and things along those lines. I think all of these like societal factors have just perpetuated it even further, including the fact that uh, men, rich men want these type Mm -hmm. of women. So as you were saying, like we live in a society that's harmonious. If you know what you, what men do affects women, what women do affects men. And so like men playing a role in this plays a huge Mm -hmm. factor. Because number one, because of Hollywood again and globalization and the age of information and, and we, we're learning from them in a sense. Mm-hmm. They, talk, they call it television programming for a reason, in a way. And maybe that's just, it's just setting poor standards and benchmarks for men to look up to. You know, they're not the best role models. That's what we, we too, I think, just accept. The other thing is that when we look at someone like you know, Leonardo DiCaprio or whoever, the way they date, when we consider that, okay, if every man did that, what are the implications on the world? That's how we kind of realize that, is this a good outcome when it's scaled? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. maybe it's not. And I don't think we need to really do any studies to- and That's kind of what you were saying. Yeah. Think about if I do something and it's a bit philosophical Kantian, is that if everyone did it, what are the outcomes? You know, If you think, oh, I can get away with it and it's fine, one, two, three, but a million- then it gets that's what's problematic about these influential people yeah they're kind of influencing other people to want to be like them which causes this problem uh, as for your question about the risk i think there is a reciprocation as well among like some it's not as prominent because as a man gets older <laughs> their status really becomes something of an attractor rather than whether or not they're conventionally physically aesthetic or attractive. Mm. But for younger men that don't have that for them, I think it does really, really affect a man's confidence growing up if uh, they're not able to, you know, they're not attractive. So they're not finding people to bond uh, with. Especially to bond on, with. on dating apps. I mean, you got one mm. shot, you know, people are going to look at your photos and they don't like yeah. what they see. That's it. Yeah. You know, you're, mm-hmm. No, no, hundred percent. And, and it differs right between if, if I was, well, when I was 20 years old, who am I competing with? If the girls look up to someone who's 40 and has his life set for him. So he's competing with the man that, you know, the older he gets, his value increases, hopefully financially, he's a better man. He can be a better provider. So that's how we're sort of affected. The young man is non-existent in a way to, to women of his age, because they look up to another man that's that, and you don't, you can't blame them in a sense. They have an easy ticket to life. I can marry this guy. And if, if I have certain values, he meets them. Why not? I don't necessarily agree with that. Some women are maybe like that, but a lot of them aren't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. In yeah. a sense, if you've met, but, if you, depending on how you, what's your moral structure and framework, if you meet a person in the right way and okay, 10 years, maybe 15 years. Sure, but it's in, a bit weird, but you, you can do it. In our early 20s they, they in it. university, women were dating men from university. They weren't dating men in their forties. Oh no, no, I'm not saying it's a, it's a, the majority, but it, it, it happens. It does happen. Uh, yeah. More than what the opposite. Generally women do find older men more attractive. I think that they usually women think that older men are more mature than younger men, yes. their yeah. age. So, um, they just naturally go for that. I don't know if it's necessarily about, 
I think one of the main reasons is maturity. I don't know if it's necessarily about, oh, younger men are not as handsome as the older mm. men. I'm not sure if, if it's about the attractiveness and like the physical attractiveness, but more so about the wisdom, the maturity. I think it depends on the woman too. Yeah. What, what she likes, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 There's some women going for the younger chocolate boys and then you have ones who are going for the mm. silver foxes. So it, I think that depends on There's the a lot of older women that go for younger guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And again, true. I think that's an ego thing. Look, that is yeah, ego. I still yeah. have young men. It's the same for me men, attractive. older yeah. men going for younger for women. Younger it's also girls. ego. But there's yeah. definitely an asymmetry, right? Because I think it's fair to say that there's more older men for younger women than the reverse. Oh, you mean there's more older men going for younger women than I older so. women going for younger so. women? But that's, yeah, that's, that's changing true. too. Okay. Yeah. But I think not as much. Like, I think it, that, yeah. like, older men going for younger women, that's much more common. I think that's place. more acceptable in society. Yeah, because it's more acceptable. Why, that's yeah, true there's less well. shame about a man yeah. dating, an older man mm. dating a younger woman. Whatever you, older woman dates a younger man, it's like, what is she doing? Like, so would, you, doing date, would, you, in, would you date a man <laughs> in their early 20s? Sorry? Would you date a man in their early 20s? Probably not, but my <laughs> reason would be that he wouldn't be mature enough and right. we're from yeah. a different generation. So we'll have different music tastes. We'll have mm. different sensibilities. I'm generally looking for someone who's more mature and knows what they're doing and someone I can have a deep conversation with. Okay. So and would you date the, someone in their early forties? No, <laughs> that's way too much for me. Yeah. Okay. I think like, yeah, of course, like dating a, You're a saying few that years now, <laughs> <laughs> like dating a guy a few years older, like that's, that's like chill, you know, like five years or so, but like 10, 20 years, I think for me personally, it's like, then you a get into generational much. differences. That's exactly. what I've that's, seen. That's what I've seen. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just personally feel like I, I can't bond with that person. As can much. you find them? Can you find them attractive though? Men in their late thirties, early forties. I mean, yeah. Men in their late thirties, of course I can find like men, older men attractive, like in terms of physically how they look. Yeah, for sure. I think that you, you can, Regardless of age, you can see, you know, a handsome man and a not so handsome man. Like you can tell. Right. Um, I think age doesn't matter anymore also because it it depends. Like there's the biological age and there's a chronological age. You have some 40-year-olds who look like 20-year-olds. You have some 20-year-olds who look like 40-year-olds. So it really depends on how much, whether you take care of yourself. Yeah, 100%. It's really difficult to say these days because people age differently now than they did in the past because there's so many things you can do. So what I was trying to say is like someone that you find very, very attractive in their late thirties or early forties, you wouldn't date them because of their age. No. What about you? If you find someone who's in their early twenties, very, very attractive Mm -hmm. and you get a chance to date them, you also wouldn't because of their age? I would not. (laughs) Okay. That's too young for me. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's too old for me. Like I can't, I think that's. And it's not because I'm worried about what people would say. I just would not be compatible with someone yeah, that young. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not just about aesthetics then. There's definitely other factors. Absolutely. You want to have a conversation be- with them. Yes. But okay. I think this is this has a lot to do with culture. So for example, in our culture, like at least for me growing up, like dating is not like very commonplace in Pakistani culture. Of course, uh, you know, you like a person when you get older, you date and so on. But like going from one boyfriend to the other boyfriend, like this is not a thing at all. So for me, when I would want to date someone, I would want to date them with 
like the the rightest of intentions because I want to eventually get married to that person. Got it. So, but then in the in other cultures, it's like you can date, date for fun. Since yeah, you can date for fun exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think since if you can date for fun, then you would even go for like the eye candies. You would go for people with you know not a, not the best of personalities because you're like oh this is just for a period yeah. of time and then you Steve move on Harvey to the next. Ca- star- Steve Harvey calls it sports fishing versus uh, fishing for keeps. I don't know if you've <laughs> heard that. You're- no. So when you're sports fishing, you're just, you're going to yeah, take out the fish and you're going to throw it. it back. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you just show your friends, uh, just to show your friends. Yeah. And then and that's, you yeah, that's how he describes men's approach to dating. What they did, they, he looks at a woman and he decides, okay, am I, is it, is she sports fishing material or is she fishing <sighs> for keeps? So, <laughs> and I think, uh, I think looks become less important when you're fishing for keeps. I mean, you want someone mm-hmm. you're attracted to, but right. she doesn't have to be a 10. She's like an, eight or seven, but she has this fabulous personality. Yeah. I want to marry that girl. I want to take her home to meet my mom. So I I think at the end of the day, it's the whole package, right? Maybe that's a heuristic that, you know, you should tell men that, okay, date women that you'd like to introduce to your mom or your family or your grandmother. Yeah. You know, that that's how you kind of maybe, you know, sift away the, the noise of, you know, like the attraction. and Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so pretty privilege exists. <laughs> We're not denying that it doesn't. Mm. What are we going to do about it as a s- collectively, mm. individually? I want to reframe this a little bit just, just to <laughs> Please ask. Please do. How do we define beautiful? Because I've been looking into this. How do pretty or beautiful, how do we define it? And how does science define it? Did you say like facial symmetry? Facial mm-hmm. symmetry, but okay. yeah. But we're, that- for the sake of simplicity, we're going for like conventionally yeah. what's considered beautiful and the yeah. favoritism that results because of that standard, it exists, okay. right? So 100%. what can we do? What can we do? How can people feel go- good about themselves? How can mm. they maintain their sense of self-worth mm. and what makes them unique people and really bring that to the front in their career, in their personal life? How can they shine even if they are not mm. conventionally attractive? I th- I think this also has a lot to do with your upbringing, like with how your parents raise you and your environment. So um, if your parents raise you by constantly talking about your skin color, constantly talking about how, you know, apply this cream so you get whiter, like that really plays a role in how you perceive yourself growing up. I know we're talking about what we can do now, but I'm just generally saying like your upbringing yeah. So how you can raise your kids, how you can, yeah, if you're a parent, make sure you feed them those more empowering messages. And that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, that plays a huge role. Like, even if you look at these girls who, you know, are doing only fans and all these things, a lot of, like, when you look into their stories, you know, their parents are divorced or, you know, they 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 moved out of their house early on so they don't have like a family culture like it has a lot to do with the family environment that perpetuates this so your upbringing is one of the but that's out of her control factors. though yes yes that's you know, true no, i think we- i think well to her point i don't think we can control the immediate around us but what we can control is the next generation the next. Absolutely. so if we raise our kids yeah to kind of not idolize beauty as much as we do in today's society in a lot of ways. Like I'm, I don't know. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I feel like society does idolize beauty a lot now. So 
I think raising our kids to not put as much importance on that is probably one way to combat it. And I don't think today, if you're asking me what I can do today uh, to, to change things, I don't think I can do much, honestly, uh, except try to, you know, perpetuate my own skill set and mm. uh, feed the world what I feel like is the right thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm thinking about someone listening to this and they really don't feel good about how they look. So know. what would you tell them? How would you, how would you change them? Well, I, as I said before, I said, uh, create your own standards, compete with yourself. Don't compare yourself with other, other people um, and focus on your own strengths, focus on becoming a better human being, uh, ha- set some goals, have a vision, have something that you aspire to have a purpose in life. Like let it go beyond yourself and think about others. I think, I think that's important and limit your time, the amount of time you spend on social media, yeah. Did you have- watching TV or magazines and being kind of uh, caught by the wave of admiration for a lot of these celebrity idols that we idolize simply have, because of the way they look. I, if the celebrity is doing some good work, they're supporting charities or if like, mm-hmm. for instance, I love Angelina Jolie. She's beautiful, but I love the work that she's doing with refugees and all that. Mm-hmm. For me, she's like one of the most like, like an ideal woman. That's what you, she know, and she's mother. a good mother. So I think picking good role models is mm-hmm. going to be key. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have to be celebrities. They could be someone within your own family. But have you, know? you ever been caught in the trap of needing to look beautiful all the time? Of course. And oh, yeah, absolutely. You have. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time. And I think it'll continue to happen. I don't think you can <clears throat> fully eliminate It's like that accepting, feeling. yes, this, yeah. is, this is a phenomenon. It's going to continue and I can't change it, but I can change what's within me and my self-talk, what I say to myself, how I interpret how the world looks at me. So... Yeah, just to add to that, in a sense, at times, some issues are a matter of ignorance. And when we improve education and conversations, people hopefully will deviate from certain superficial attributes towards more constructive conversations, better engagement. When you you can think about millions and millions of families, what are they talking about? A lot of stuff. But if if their focus on just the talk of the day is, look what she wore and look at all that stuff, that's all they're going to keep feeding that cycle. And they're going to feed that to their daughters and, and so on. So by changing a bit the narrative and what, what we're consuming, what we pay attention to, maybe with time we can, you know, we focus on other stuff and you don't tell your daughter as she's growing up, well, you could have been beautiful, more beautiful and things like that. So it's a sense, you know, ignorance and education that yeah. needs to happen for men and women. Uh, like yeah. this is a long rooted issue that's been going on for it's generations. Fine. You cannot, yeah. And you it's cannot fine. just change it by like it's one little reprogramming, action. reprogramming, it's, reprogramming yeah, the mind. It's, it's, and that is... That has to come from different directions. Exactly. Media, our loved ones. But you don't think plus size models is the way to do it? I'm not. You're putting me on the spot here. (laughs) The thing is that. I'm not not trying to fat shame them at all. That's not what I'm going for. No, no, I know. But I'm saying that 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 should not be glorified. But don't you feel like that's a way to combat? Yeah, exactly. Challenge today's. Yeah, if. As long as it's not, they're not unhealthily fat. They're not Lizzo fat. <clears throat> okay. 
I think that one thing that uh, fat size, plus size models that they've been really good at promoting is self-love, like love for your body. They're promoting confidence. And I think that is definitely important. Even for you to lose weight, for you to sustainably, healthily lose weight, you need self-love. You need like yeah. confidence Absolutely. But you could, that could come from a woman who's an athlete, who's healthy, who's probably more masculine looking, has more muscles and who's toned. Because- a young girl sees that and she'll be like, oh, so it'll be okay for me to look for like that. Look- I guess I can eat, go out and eat as many burgers and pizzas as I want. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's I'm the saying thing that someone who does not be- have the faculty or the mindset to be able to really kind of filter the messages. Someone like mm-hmm. you would be like, yeah, I get it. It's all about self-love and it's not literally about looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. But for a young girl who can't do that, she might literally be like, okay, looking fat and obese is it's fine. It's acceptable. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I like when what they did was they started this conversation on challenging the idea of beauty, the challenging standards of beauty, which was great, which is definitely what we want. But I think it just, it can become extreme where then people start idolizing. And that's what's happening. Plus, yeah. And that is what's happening. That's unhealthy. I agree with that. That's unhealthy. Huge community. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's just escalated to a point where it's just, yeah, I don't, I I don't support that, but I I do appreciate the fact that they made us feel more comfortable about our bodies and they're promoting this message of self-love that I I think that is their intention though. I think that was their intention. And then eventually it just started becoming a little too extreme where then, you know, everything blows out of proportion, every movement that's come in society, like in the beginning, it makes sense. It's for the right reason. And then it just goes for nonsense. Well, I guess, okay. So we're going to conclude this, no matter what your body type, your body size, your body shape, you can find beauty within yourself, right? And I, I think what the I think we should all aim for being healthy, being healthy, being vibrant, having that vitality, having that energy to really enjoy your life and really be able to accomplish your goals. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. But being able to accomplish what you want and actually make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think in terms of maybe the, the self love is that maybe they realize that let's start with the mental sort of side mm-hmm. so that you're in the right frame. And then you can hopefully lead to other more impactful actions and, and habits in your life. And that's where you said that it might have gone to an extreme where I'm just focused on my you know, self-love without tying it to actions that are healthy. Absolutely. So maybe that's where they started that direction, but it didn't you know, lead on. Yes. Perhaps. Yeah, um, for sure. And beauty is skin deep. It's not it going to make you happy. You need to work on yourself and how you view the world and how you view yourself. I'm it saying because that's what's going to make you at the, happy yeah, at the end of the yeah. day. Because how many good looking good looking people do we know who are just miserable? Yeah, right. And, and, and it's, it's a you, like you said, it's a ticking time bomb. Like you're going to be beautiful for a bit and yeah. then you're not. Yeah. And then yeah. what? It's and then what? Yeah. So yeah. think about that when you are evaluating yourself yeah. and where you want to spend your time, energy, and focus on. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you mentioned these, you know, certain uh, individuals or celebrities that late in their lives they regret it. So maybe the message is to people: look to those and learn from their mistakes because yeah. they've walked in those shoes. Yeah, and uh, as a man, we can't really empathize. We we try to obviously, 
But the women that are speaking about this, yeah, you know, bring that to the to the forefront more. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with look making yourself look pretty. You know, going out to get a pedicure, do it, do it. But make sure it's coming from the right place, the right intention. Yeah. It's coming out of self love, where it says, "I have to do this, so those yeah. people are not going to look at me, or I'm going to look unattractive." So yeah, so yeah. Intention, intention counts. Is yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so much for being here with me today, Maureen, Tarek, and Sami. So if you want to connect with them or listen to their podcasts, you can uh, do so by clicking on the links that I will be placing in the description. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.